Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 293 of Daniela Flecky. How are you, Daniela? Good. Nice to be here. Thanks, Dale. My pleasure. Now, this is like a bit of a fanboy moment for me when uh, we've obviously, we do a lot of things sort of similar and um, I've followed your work for a long time, particularly when I was sort of starting out. So I think one of the, I'm so grateful that I get to chat with people like yourself and learn off you. And I'm, as I said, I'm more excited than probably the listeners today. So listeners, get ready. It's going to be brilliant. But before we start down here, what's made you proud in the last seven days? Oh, great question. It's funny you ask that actually, Dale, because it's a question I ask in all of my workshops um, with teachers around Australia. And I think it's it's something that we often think about as educators is what we're, what we're proud of our young people, but when are we actually proud of ourselves? Um, so to, to answer that, I, I actually appeared on the Today Show last week, which is the first, my first media um, thingy. And I was, it came out of the blue. I was petrified. Um, I knew I was advocating for teachers around the globe and I was, I was like, oh my gosh. So I did it um, and it was a very proud moment, very overwhelming, lots of mixed emotions, but I'm certainly proud. Well done. That is, uh, it's a different kettle of fish, isn't it? Did you, so you did it, you did it like this now over Zoom, I'm guessing, and they just sort of crossed to you and then all of a sudden it's, it's strange, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I got sort of um, about 12 hours notice of preparation. They said they were going to ask me these three questions. I did hours of prep. Then I got another email saying, no, we're asking you these questions instead. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) My key messaging. And they said, yeah, we're going to interview you over Zoom. And then we're going to throw to the um, the new New South Wales. um, uh, Oh, my God. The new... the new MP, the Department of Education Minister. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going just me, myself and the new Minister of Education. So that was completely overwhelming. And I had all these things I wanted to say and it went so quickly, Dale. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just, I felt like I said nothing. It, it ended and I thought, no, I didn't say all the things I wanted to be saying. So, but um, looking back, it was a great opportunity and um, yeah, something that I was lots to learn from as well. Well, and I think it's it's a really important thing to be able to actually say that you are proud of yourself. I know um, we talk about how easy it is to practice gratitude for other people and things in your life. And, and that's very easy because you're actually not uh, talking about yourself. But a lot of people think it's it's gloating or boasting. It's actually not. We need to be proud of the person we see. And so well done because that's that's a huge achievement, particularly the day show. That's, uh, that's next level. I love that. So we're going to obviously talk about you're an educator, speaker, coach, you work all over Australia with teachers, you know, with your teacher wellbeing, which is brilliant. But <clears throat> sorry, the things we're going to talk about today, they will apply to people in workplaces, sports clubs, families. It doesn't matter where you are because at the moment, after obviously a couple of years of something that went by, I'm not going to mention that word because I don't want to talk about it. We're all needing some some uplifting, some energy and some ways to improve our mental and physical wellbeing. So with that being said, there's probably no one better to uh, give your story and a little bit about yourself, Danielle, and, and what makes you tick and gets up in the morning, gives you that buzz. Would you like to describe that for the uh, listeners, please? Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, um, how much time have we got, Dale? It's a big <laughs> more, story. But more than the Today Show. More than the Today Show. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so look, I, I live in Sydney. Um, I grew up in southwest Sydney um, in a, you know, blended family, and I'm the eldest of four girls. And so, you know, responsibility was heavy on my shoulders, and I've always had a passion for education. I've wanted to be a teacher ever since I was in year eight. Um, and it's one of those things that sort of always driven me. And um, I, I, if I wasn't going to be a, um, I always wanted to be a PE teacher. And if I couldn't be a PE teacher, I'd be an art teacher. But I knew I just wanted to teach. I loved helping people. Um, it also led me to the field of psychology, where I love helping people from the inside out. So really helping people shift their perspective. And I think that came from my own personal journey, my own personal learnings. I mean, being, being in a blended family was also a highly dysfunctional family, which I think a lot of families are. Um, and so I had a lot to learn and a lot to learn about myself. But in terms of my teaching space, um, like I said, I always wanted to be a teacher. I was with the, um, taught out in Western Sydney schools for about 10 years. I was with the Department of Education, so we in the public sector. And um, I started to get really tired and drained. My resources were being spent on things that, I was, that wasn't energizing for me. And I started to question, I'm, I'm, a, I'm the sort of person who has always been learning, always seeking, always I sort of describe myself as a seeker, if you like, a seeker of wisdom, a seeker of knowledge. And then as an educator, I like sharing that wisdom and knowledge where I can as well. So whoever will listen really, Dale, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and then as I've moved through, I thought there's got to be um, some other ways to actually help people. So I felt like I was spending most of my time on stuff that didn't interest me, all the admin and all the stuff that, you know, we don't go into teaching for. And so I found Rudolf Steiner Education. I spent re three years retraining as a Steiner educator. So I became a hippie for a while. So that was pretty cool. Um, and got a job in a, a Steiner school in Sydney, which was wonderful and awesome. Um, but the, the thing with that was there was a thing called people there. And so well, as an educator, you want to really help people, but it's also about personalities. So the student that is phenomenal and amazing and the student that has high needs and high demanding, the parent who is phenomenal, the parent who's actually really challenging, the colleague who is your best friend and the colleague who is your roadblock. So it really taught me about how to actually connect with people, what drives people, how to understand people and how to actually respect and appreciate people because at the end of the day, I'm a big believer that we all just want to feel valued and appreciated. But how we feel valued and appreciated is different. It's driven by our values. It's driven by our beliefs. And it's also driven by our perspective of how we see the world. And so through an understanding of psychology, what I've been able to learn myself and share with others is about thinking about three key. I call them the three keys to well-being. The first one is about mindset or shifting my mindset to say, well, is there another perspective here? Um, the second one is mood, so boosting my mood. Where are the opportunities for me to feel good, feel proud, feel appreciated? And that's where the energy comes in. And then the third one is momentum. So we know um, that going to the gym once doesn't work. You need to go often. I tr I've tried, I've tried. The one-off one thing doesn't work, unfortunately. So you've got to do things regularly. So for me, it's about mindset, mood, and momentum. I love that. Now I'm smiling on the inside. Uh, my, I always thought it was strange, but uh, I grew up in regional Victoria and yeah. um, about, about an hour from where we lived on this, like on this farm was a Steiner school and we'd get the bus out there every day. And I think the most at one stage, there would have been 30 kids across the whole school. And I went there from prep to grade six and 
I I remember leaving there and going to a mainstream school after that. And there was 1500 kids there that first day. And I was like, wow, what is going on? And um, one thing I think Stein education, and I absolutely love everything about it. And you could probably uh, just listen to you right there, Danielle, is it embraces individuals for what they are, not what they should be. I was loud. I was annoying, but that was during, I was embraced to do that. But not only that, I learned how to communicate with, when I was in grade six, I was going to prep's birthdays because the whole school would go because we had no other friends. There's only like four of us in the same year level. Um, yeah. It's such a beautiful way to learn, isn't it? And it is that really what you got is. out of it? Oh, look, absolutely. It really is the epitome of holistic. Um, mm. And if anything, you know, we talk about educating the head, the heart and the hands. So educating how we think, which is the perspective, the heart, which is where, you know, what, what inspires us, and then the hands, which is the action. You need to actually do stuff. Um, and it really is a holistic education. And I think the way that edu mainstream education is moving more towards that, but becoming more holistic. And so with my own personal um, journey taking me to Steiner education and my own learning, I mean, I spent three years retraining as a Steiner teacher. Um, and it was just beautiful. It just opened my heart space as well. And it was it was actually a lot of personal development. So it was just beautiful. And then what that's been able to do, obviously, is then transfer into how we be as a human being. And a big part of my messaging for educators around the globe is that you're a human being, not a human doing. Ooh. And we get so Ooh. caught up in this robot mode, this robot mode of professionalism. We go, oh, we're professional. No, actually, you're not a machine. You're a human being that thinks, feels, and responds, and you're actually allowed to think, feel, and respond. And sometimes we feel so victimized by things happening to us because the speed of change is so high, but actually giving people an opportunity to say, hang on a second, you're not a tree. You're not stuck. You have choices here. It's okay. And it begins with how I think, feel, and respond. And just reminding people that you are a holistic holistic person but I'm an absolute advocate a big believer in Steiner education the stories that the, the, the art the craft but it's not just I mean I say the hippie stuff it's not yeah, hippie yeah. Rudolf no, Steiner no, no. himself was actually quite an autocrat <laughs> wore black suits <laughs> um but, but yeah phenomenal um a, a phenomenal journey absolutely and I think uh like you were just saying there like it does come across as hippie and I think that's because people they don't understand it. And too often, you know, instead of being probably curious about maybe looking into it and what it is, they sort of become judgmental or it's not what they're doing. So it may be the wrong thing. Um, and I, I, this was not going to be about me, but I still remember my first day of year seven, I got out my Lyra pencils and my crayons and I started coloring in. Oh, and I'm still embarrassed today. And my teacher's like, what are you doing? I said, yeah, but you've got to color it in. I'm not happy just with the blank page. And I said, I've never written yeah. with a pen before. And they must have looked yeah, well, at me like I was a freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, see, I love all that. See, I was doing all, I never went to a Steiner school as a, as a child. I went to, you know, states, uh, state schools. Um, and But all of my work through all the way up, including to year 12, doing my HSC, um, I would colour in everything. So I think I was innately, naturally a Steiner child anyway. So it was only, it was perfect for me to become a Steiner teacher. But what I, what I see now and hear now is I'm using a lot of those philosophies and a lot of those principles to really help teachers who are struggling at the moment. But I just want to come back to one thing that you already said, which is that this, I, I keep talking about teacher stuff, but I'm really talking about the human being. 
because we're so tough on ourselves and our inner critic is so loud. And often, you know, my space is going into schools, but often people, principals will say, oh, can our non-teaching staff come too? And I'm like, absolutely. 100%. We're talking about this human being. We're talking about us as energy beings. We're the energy that sustains us and the energy that drains us, being aware of it and knowing what it is because it's different things for different people. Mm, and I think too often we're human doings. We're doing work. We're doing meetings. We're doing yeah, planning. Yeah, yeah. And that's not actually what we're, we, we need to be doing. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter what profession you're in. I, I guarantee if people listening that aren't teachers, I bet they're nodding along yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. And I say, I say, where are you running to? Like the, the job's <laughs> never finished. I say, where, where are you running? Like, I've just got to, I've just got to. And I say, well, actually, you've just got to stop. That's what you've just got to do. And I say, no, there's no finish line. And I, I sort of think, I don't know if that's exciting or depressing, but um, there, like there is no finish line, but we, we rush. We, we get caught up in this busyness. And as the, the more we get caught up in this busyness, the more we lose a connection with ourselves and others. Mm. And I think if the last three years has taught us anything, um, it's really this, this concept of what we're craving is connection before content. And I know Chad Littlefield does a lot of work in this space and his mantra is connection before content. So as messages to educators, messages to people in workplaces, People don't care about your meeting. They don't care about your agenda. What they want is opportunities for connection, which requires time to sit, reflect, and have a meaningful conversation that's not a whinging, bitching conversation. Mm, because that's that's not productive. That's that's venting. No. That, and that, that doesn't actually totally. help you. It doesn't, doesn't help the person that you've just unloaded onto that their ears are probably bleeding. They're like, wow, yeah. I didn't need to hear that. That's not productive one little bit at all. One of the things that I talk about connects poor content all the time, I love this stuff. It's like resonating with me so much, Daniela. How, why don't we start every meeting or every interaction with some form of connection starter, something, and not an icebreaker. I, I never call them icebreakers because everybody's had horrible experiences with icebreakers because too often the limelight's on one person and actually defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do and make people feel comfortable. So I call them ice makers, horrible, never label it. But why don't we take the time, two or three minutes, I know everyone says we're time poor, Two or three minutes to start every meeting with, as you just said, to have a meaningful, powerful conversation sets a tone. And this can be done not at schools, but everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to call them, I like to bookend meetings. So we start a meeting with, um, for example, I'll give a couple of different ideas. Um, I like to start a meeting with a recreational whinge because um, sometimes you know, the venting is important. There are there yeah. is stuff that is really frustrating. And I, if I don't let it out, then I become a little pressure cooker. But with the <laughs> recreational winch, I have a two-minute two egg timer and I turn the egg timer over and we all whinge and vent at the same time because look, the reality is no one's listening to you anyway <laughs> because everyone's got the same issues probably. So, But when the egg timer finishes, you stop. Because meeting time is not your venting time or your therapy time. You need to respect people's time. And then we go through the agenda items, blah, 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 blah. And then we finish the meeting. Everyone goes around the circle and shares what's one thing that went well for you today or one thing that went well for you this week. So we're bookending the venting with a what went well. Other things that I have, um, and, and people are welcome to go to the website if they're interested, and these are not just for teachers. Um, there's a lot of different resources that I've created. Uh, the website's at teacher-wellbeing.com.au. 
And I created chat box cards, wellbeing box cards and connect box cards. And what they are is a set of 30, 40, 50, depending which cards you get. And each card has a question and it's a conversation starter. And what I do is I get people to be in pairs. They pick a card, whatever random card they get, and they both have to answer that card for one minute. Some of the, the well-being box cards are based on cognitive, social, emotional, spiritual and physical well-being questions. The connect box cards are based on what if you were running for politics, what would be your slogan? What if you were going to be a character in a book, which character would you be? What if you were going to describe yourself as an animal, which animal would you be and why? And they're just the idea of them is to be diffusing, to um, be playful, to be joyful, and to create what Professor Jane Dutton calls high-quality connections, which is a five-minute energised connection, which through her work through Michigan University and the Organisation of Positive um, Scholarship has identified that a five-minute high-energising conversation can sustain us for the bumps in the road for the rest of the day. So they have a buffering and bolstering um, purpose as well. So these, these five-minute connections are crucial to help us actually be more productive, more purposeful, feel more appreciated, and actually enjoy our work more. I love that. And very, I, <clears throat> sorry, I've got similar, but I use a dice because that's randomised. But it's exactly the same as, you know, when you turn something into a game, they, 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 People of all yep. ages forget what they're doing. And essentially what you're doing is you're picking a random card. It's not like everybody's doing the same question. So straight away, it changes the dynamic. It makes it, you know, it's fun. It's exciting. Wonder what I'm going to get. Um, and it allows people to go a little bit deeper. And it's so simple, but that's so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's really important to give people something to talk about. We can't just say, oh, connect with someone and just have a chat about what you did on the weekend. Mm, yuck, ice maker. Yes. Yeah, because you're asking, you're forcing people to be vulnerable and keeping in mind that potentially half of your team are going to be extroverts and half of your team are going to be introverts. So for the introverts, that's going to be extremely confronting. Um, and if we talk about psychological safety in the workplace, that's what not to do. hundred percent. And I think the big key, and this is one thing I mention all the time is you're only working in pairs and it's so yeah. crucial. You should never, ever do full group activities like this, where the limelight's on one person in pairs, they feel safe and they've also got nowhere to hide. And so Absolutely. you can't just sit at the back and not be involved because then your partner's going to be like, what am I going to do? But nobody else is looking at you. You're not writing it down. You're simply sharing it. So that vulnerability, it's only with one person. That connection goes deeper. It's so powerful, isn't it? Why don't we do just about everything or more to start with in pairs? Like, you know, from everything you've said, Daniel, like, that's exactly what you do. I do the same. It works. It does. It does. And what it also does is it shows people different perspectives because one of the other things I like to do when I am working with people, like I'm working with whole staff, so whether it be 30 um, people in an organisation and I think the largest I've done is up to 300 in an organisation all at the same time. and But it's mixing up the pairs. Mm. That's what I think is powerful. I, I find it astonishing when I go into an organisation and someone's been, a couple of people have been at the same place for 10 years and never had a conversation. And I think, oh, my goodness, you're missing out on all this gold, um, all this incredible stuff that is inside your organisation. For me, well-being at work is not doing more stuff. 
it's unlocking the magic that already exists. It's not mm. about adding to our workload. It's exploring the incredible resources we already have, both inside our own mind and the people around us. But we don't get we don't get the opportunities to have these connections. And it's yeah. these connections that that shift our perspective, help us feel more energized, but giving people opportunities to do it more often, I think is just so valuable. It is, it is. And and I'm not trying to uh, downplay the work that we both do because if there's schools out there, keep booking us, it's fantastic. But yeah. these are things that you don't just need to do on a full staff PD day, or these are things you just need to add to be part of your daily practice because feeling appreciated, having a purpose and feeling connected to the people you work with in any profession, at home, in a sports club, that's number one thing that stops burnout and keeps people coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the evidence in that space doesn't lie. I mean, we're not talking about stuff that's fluffy. We're yeah. talking about stuff that is evidence-based. And just as in um, in organisations or in, in schools, you talk about student wellbeing needs to be evidence-based. Well, staff wellbeing and wellbeing at work needs to be evidence-based as well. And so some of the areas that I draw on, I draw on positive psychology, which is what makes life most worth living. I draw on social and emotional learning, which comes from CAPSA, which is the Collaborative Academic Social and Emotional Learning in the United States. Um, I draw on coaching psychology, which is the asking solution-focused questions. And then, of course, drawing on psychological health and safety, which is organisational well-being of how do we actually um, reduce psychosocial hazards in the workplace? How do we actually address workload, recognition, role clarity, autonomy, and so many other different areas that are really important? Because I focus on well-being at work, not mm. well-being at home to be better at work. How do you be at work? Yeah. And and because it's, it, I know people talk about work-life balance all the time now, but yeah. I, I think that's absolute crap because there's no balance it's life. Yep. It's living. Like totally. it doesn't matter where you are. You shouldn't be counting down day the hours to get out of home or get out of work. Then one area that's like a seesaw of life. It's not you're not going to go very far if one side of the seesaw's got more weight than the other. It's going to be a horrible ride. Yep. So that it's about finding that general life, living, having fun and enjoying every day. Yeah, and I love I I use the seesaw metaphor so so uh, much. So I love when I was, I was watching you there daily, like I've got, I've got the seesaw, and I'm like, yeah, and that's what it is because you don't have well being and not have it. It's constantly adjusting, and it's like just like a seesaw. I mean, I don't know what your experience is on seesaws, but you know, going into a playground and seeing a seesaw, the first thing you do is you I try and get my you know bump my sister off. So that would be the first thing you try and do. <laughs> And then you try and balance it, but of course you can never fully balance it. Um, it's always moving, and I think that's what well-being is. It's not the one-off stuff. We know one-off, just like physical health. You don't just eat the salad once. You don't just go to the gym once. Um, you need to do things regularly. And it's with mental health, we don't do mindfulness once or a gratitude journal once. It needs to be a regular habit. But we need to have the language and the skills to be able to notice it in order to be able to action it. And so a big part of what I do as well is going into an organisation. Yes, we do the whole day PD because it's about building understanding. But once we've got an understanding of what wellbeing is and what it's not, and really we're talking about mental health, what it is and what it's not, and who's responsible for what part in the organisation, then it's a matter of, well, how do we grow this? And where are the opportunities for the ongoing learning? And this is where those cards come in. It's five minutes every staff meeting, 
um, we do different activities. And then the next layer is saying, how do we now sustain this? And then we start to look at the organisational aspects. So typically I'm working with organisations for maybe two to three years with professional learning being a part of it, but then the strategic planning and development is where the gold happens. That's where the transformation actually happens. So whether it be, you know, we're looking at people, individuals, let's say a family. Again, it's the one-off stuff can be really fun. So you go bowling, you go to the movies, you go on a picnic, but then you need to have those lots of different conversations, ongoing conversations. What are we grateful for today? Who are we, uh, what are we proud of today? Um, what, what's been most meaningful for us today? How we've been able to contribute to the lives of others around us today? Having those types of conversations is where what, what really builds those healthy habits, if you like. So true. And <clears throat> I think uh, that's one of the, the biggest things I find, you know, you'll go in and do a full day workshop. I did one on Monday for 80 teachers um, at, a, yep. at a primary school and fantastic. And it's so nice when you get to go back and see the impact you've had um, because yep. that's, that's ideally what you want to see happen. You want to see them embrace what you're talking about, but it's not that session that's going to, you're, you're sparking them, but hopefully then they go on their own journey. And this is one of the biggest things that I hope people can take away from our chat today. Yes, we are both so passionate about what we do and the energy we bring to it, but no one's going to do this for you. No one's going to eat your salad. No one's going to go to the gym for you. No one's going to practice what a strategy. Shame, Dale. What a oh, shame. Bloody hell. Why Come not? On. Can, can you go to the gym for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing, isn't it? And I think deep down at the end of the day, you've got to do this yourself. Otherwise, you see, saw. Yeah, totally. You're going to have your ass on the ground and one end up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Absolutely. And, you know, um, coming back to that seesaw thing, you know, for me, there's there's a model in organisational psychology, which is demands and resources. And it's usually represented by a seesaw. So demands being all the stuff. resources the resources I have to do it with and often we look at the demand if I could get rid of these banks and so hang on a second what if the job's the job or what if um you know your life your life is your life like you, you've got developed to bring better balance into it so that's a big part of what I think both of us do is helping people build their inner and outer resources to better manage the demands to bring that seesaw back into balance where they can so true. So true. And I love that. So let's get back. I know we're speaking about other people here, Dana. So as a, when you're in year eight, because I think that's when you said yep. that you had a light bulb moment, when looking back yep. there now from all you've grown and everything you've done, what are you most proud of, of what you've been able to achieve? You know, it's, there's lots of, lots of learning. So sometimes when, um, you know, I've got my own business and so every day is a work day and every day is a holiday. And sometimes I, I do a lot of travel and I get to see so many different um, schools and hear so many different stories from around the globe. And sometimes people will look at me and say, gosh, you're so lucky. Oh, luck has nothing to do with it. It's called hard work lots of mistakes, doing stupid things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. It's about being really brave. So to answer that question, I'm, I'm really proud of how brave I've been able to be. Some might say stupid, at times <laughs> I've thought stupid, but really brave. 
Um, and, you know, just even changing schools, changing workplaces, um, moving house, you know, lots of different things and being brave enough to say, well, is there another way? Is there a better way? What else is out there? Being prepared to learn, being prepared to fail, being, being prepared to be vulnerable where I'm being judged on a global scale for what I say and what I do. You know, standing up on stage, speaking to 400 people that you don't know, you are judged, mm. whether you like it or not. So it takes um, a, a lot of guts to be able to do that. But what I'm most proud of as an educator is seeing people smile, seeing people walk into a room with their arms crossed, half dead, because their energy <laughs> is so low, and then within an hour, three hours, or a full day, walking out with a bounce in their step, arms uncrossed, hugging, crying, connecting, um, just looking alive. Um, and so I feel so blessed and so privileged to be able to light the spirit within people. And for me, it's about inspiration and transformation. But I can't do it on my own. People have to participate in that journey with me because, as you so rightly said, you can't do it for people. So I feel blessed that people give me that opportunity. I feel blessed to be able to contribute to that. And that's what gets me up in the morning. That's why I do what I do. That's why I travel. That's why I get exhausted myself because I really care about helping others to basically get out of their own way and yeah. to just celebrate the incredible work that they do, regardless of what that work is. Oh, that is so powerful. And it's so nice and refreshing, I suppose, to hear just the energy that you're bringing to that, Daniela. And, and sitting back and being proud of the journey that you've been able to achieve. Because and it doesn't matter if you run your own business, if you speak around the world, everybody's had a journey. And it's really important to probably reflect like you just have there and, and be proud of that, the highs and lows, because we've all had that. And that that is so true. Um, and like you just said, speaking in front of 400 people doing a talk, it doesn't get any easier any time does it like every time you're up there you're still packing bricks oh absolutely and then add to the fact that you know the technology doesn't work or the, the <laughs> you know the lighting fails or the internet fails or you know all of these things happen and it's it's, it's high stress all the time um and it's having the skills to to navigate that and i say to people i don't teach this stuff because i read it in a book i teach this stuff because i have to live it I mean, and just coming back to, you know, you said when I was in year eight, which was, you know, feels like a hundred years ago now, Dale. So thanks for making me feel old. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say that, Danielle. I know where not to put my All foot right, in your so mouth. All right, so my own inner self-talk's coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, I was I, I left home at 16. I worked three jobs to put myself through university. I'm the only one in my family's history to ever go to university. Um, I then lectured at university for 10 years. So those things don't happen by themselves. Those things take absolute courage and a lot of therapy as well <laughs> to help me navigate my own inner talk, to help me learn new ways of thinking because my family didn't model that to me. I didn't grow up with good role models of how to be, how to function well in the world. I had to learn that myself, literally. And it was not an easy road. It was a very tough road. Um, but through that journey, that's how I came to be here today. And that's why when people look at me and say, oh, you're so lucky, uh, what course did you do to be able to do this? I say the course <laughs> is called life. It's called the school of hard knocks. Oh. It's called being brave, stupid. It's all of that sort of stuff. But as I've 
grown and been a seeker of knowledge. It's been my passion and my 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 sense of meaning being able to contribute back what I've learned. If that resonates for people, awesome. If it doesn't resonate for people, that's absolutely okay as well. I say, you do you, you do you. You know, I'll do me, you do you. Oh, it's uh, this has been brilliant because I think we need these honest chats and we need people to talk about where they've come. And we all come from different backgrounds. Some have got a lot harder than others, but at the end of the day, your future, that's not destined. That's what you will make it. Um, and that is the work you put in, in any area of your life. It doesn't matter. And to sit back and be actually be proud of it. I love that. And I think that messaging is so powerful. And I know that's exactly what you do in your PDs and the impact you're having on other people. And I see it as well when people light up and you can actually see a difference change. Like, People go, why do you do it? It's exactly that reason. It makes you feel bloody proud and bloody good of what you're doing. So, Danielle, where can people, you know, first of all, grab your resources because I see them all over Twitter, LinkedIn. People are loving these. But also, <laughs> yeah. where, can, where can people lock you in to get you in with that energy, inspiration, your stories and the yeah. work you're doing? Yeah, look, the website's the best place. So it's teacher-wellbeing.com.au. You can contact me through there. Obviously, LinkedIn is Daniela Falecki. Uh, Twitter is D Falecki. And then um, Facebook and Instagram are at Teacher Wellbeing. But, um, yeah, look, and there's, you know, I know um, people are time poor. So a big part of what I want to do is try and create spaces for resources for people. So on the website, you'll find free ebook, you find free posters, um, a couple of journal articles that I've written um, that you're able to download, book chapters that I've written you're able to download and lots of other stuff there. And I really, I welcome the conversation. There's no one way, there's no right way. Um, there's just whatever works for your context, whether it's for individuals or organisations, I welcome a conversation with you. And I, I love that. That's, I think that's the best thing about it. There's so many people in this space now doing something, but I think there's not one thing that you can teach somebody and that's energy and passion. And Daniela, yep. you've got that in spades. And I, I must admit, I not often do I get showed up, but you have absolutely trumped me today <laughs> with your energy and passion jumping through the screen. Oh, this is this is normal. You should see me on stage. Look out. <laughs> I don't think we could ever be on the same stage again. It'd be people would be uh, sitting no, back I blown we away. Could. I reckon we could, Dale. Oh, sure we could. <laughs> well, listeners out there, it's episode number 293. I have links to Daniela's website, um, all the resources and everything like that. And Daniela, thanks so much for, yeah, as I said, fanboy moment for me. It's, um, I think when you, you, you don't, I don't model myself on anyone else, but I get inspiration from people and you've been doing this and having a really big impact for a long time. And I just want to thank you for that and continue doing it uh, because people that are, emerging and coming out like myself um it really does help to see you know positive role models absolutely and thank, you can have, so. and thank you to you too gosh you know I, I i i'm privileged to be able to be here and looking at all the stuff that you do too and again that sense of play and energy um so it's an absolute privilege to be here because hanging out with like-minded people what else what else is the point oh, it's why we live 100 100 i guarantee we'll do a couple more of these this was fun i really Look enjoyed it. it thank you so much <laughs>